And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Thank you so very much for tuning in to one of our Thursday shows. Love, love, love our Thursday shows. In-studio audience, wonderful guests, in-depth conversation for one hour. And today, this Thursday, our guest in studio is someone really widely known among conservative circles, Dr. Eric Naputi. And he is here. We're going to be talking about we're going to be, he is a doctor who's come into town to be with us and do other events over the weekend. We're going to be talking about his experience, not just in what he discovered was effective dealing with COVID, but far more than that, what his interaction has been with the federal government who didn't like what he was saying. And I think it's a real, um, it's a symbol, it's a signal, it it's a, represents really one of the primary challenges of our time, which is a a sense in Washington that there's much more control over the American people, too little respect for freedom, too little respect for the doctor-patient relationship, too little respect for the idea of the individual's right to health care freedom. All of that, I think, is wrapped up in the story today. Well, I'll start by welcoming to our show today, Dr. Eric Naputi. Thank you, Debbie. It's great to be here. Great to have you, sir. And honestly, it's um, you've had quite the adventure uh, with our... <laughs> with our federal government. Um, I actually think I want to, because we're gonna get in, I do wanna let you talk a lot about what you do sure. and what you believe and what your, your whole practice is. So I'm gonna start with this video, which I believe Mr. Emil has, yes. Uh, we're gonna play a little video. This is a shortened clip from your website. Okay. And then just talk about your practice. And you are, uh, I didn't do much of an introduction there, but we'll do it as we go along. No uh, but your wellness um, center in St. Louis, and then your whole program teaching essentially people how to stay healthy. Yeah. So let's start, if we could please, Amelia, with that clip. Our common sense approach to health and wellness is literally revolutionizing the world. We started from humble beginnings. We didn't always have a global brand for nutritional products. This all started decades ago. Doctors are, it's Latin for teacher. We're supposed to teach, reach, inspire, and motivate you to get your health back. That's what we do. Wellness Warrior grew out of that. So I'm going to give you knowledge, and the knowledge may be how to help reverse diabetes and help with heart disease and help get away, get rid of pain and other symptoms you've got. What a true warrior does is they take that knowledge and they apply it to their life. That's called wisdom. So before we get to all that happened with the government and COVID, just if you would please describe, you're, you're a chiropractor, please describe what you do, what your training was, and then what you do, your big, your, your wellness center. Tell sure, us all about that. Sure. Well, Debbie, I always tell folks, I'm just a son of a pig farmer from central Illinois, right? And, and I've always been intrigued with the human body, always wanted to be a doctor. In fact, I was enrolled in Northwestern Medical School. I was going to be a surgeon is what I wanted to do. In my senior year, I played college football. In my senior year, I had an injury. And my team doctors, who were my mentors, couldn't help me. One of my best friend's father who was a chiropractor. He actually helped me, quite honestly, save my life. And I remember with a day like it was yesterday telling my parents that I'm not going to be a surgeon. I'm going to be a chiropractor. They didn't know how to receive that. They were scared. This is back in the 90s when, you know, uh, ER was really big. My, yeah. my mom was telling everybody <laughs> yeah. I was going to be the next George Clooney. That didn't work out for lots of reasons, right? <laughs> but but it, was, it was amazing. And chiropractic was great because it answered a lot of questions of why. And then I went to school and got my doctorate in natural medicine, which is an advanced uh, uh, knowledge base of nutrition and how to help use foods to get to the root cause of people's problems. And I'm just a constant learner. I love to learn new things. So I went and got a fellowship in neurology, a fellowship in internal health, just all these little tools so I could help our patients. And then we grew these centers, these, these Naputi wellness centers that we've grown. And uh, I have 13 of them at the height of my 
practices and their fully integrated offices. I wanted Debbie to create a one-stop shop for people to go, whether you're you know, a pediatric, a geriatric, a professional athlete, or everybody in between, we have medical doctors and chiropractors and nurse practitioners. It's all about getting to the root cause of the problem. And one of the models that we have is we don't guess, we test. And physiology doesn't lie. We've been able to help so many people with so many problems because we've helped them get to the root cause of, of where we're at. And, and I want to tell you this, not only do I have my own private practices, I have a couple surgical centers that we run and operate, and I was part owner of a hospital system for a while and nutritional facilities. And I don't tell you that to impress you, but to impress upon you that my background in the healthcare system is pretty diverse. So I had a lot of, of different little uh, aspects of looking into people's health, different than most doctors do, which then when we fast forward to 2020, when you know the pandemic hit, it, our perspective was way different than most doctors, if you will. I, I love all that, and I think you should brag. I think you have an amazing uh, range of experience in your life. So these Naputi Wellness Centers, yeah. uh, that is, they are places, is it, is it just all in Missouri or all around the country? Yeah, well, they? uh, they're all over the Midwest. Um, we, we, we actually, well, we were actually getting ready to, to, to launch 27 more facilities in 2019. We had the game plan ready to go. My focus was growing and helping as many people as we could through natural health remedies, and then the pandemic hit. And it just, things went different from that point on with me. Okay. Um, and I know part of what you do in your, uh, in the wellness centers, and you actually have a program, and I'm sorry, the name is escaping me, yeah. but when people sign up your, for your system, you are regularly providing them supplements if they want to sign up. Yeah, okay. so we have a nutritional manufacturing company. I started making my own nutritional products, gosh, almost 15 years ago. You know, in functional medicine, we take blood tests and we look at those blood tests and we analyze and we find out what vitamins and minerals and hormones people are deficient in or toxic with, and then we prescribe certain products for them. Well, I got so frustrated because all of our patients were going out and just buying products all over and they weren't getting good quality results. So I had to manufacture and formulate our own products that were specific for the conditions that people had and that would work. So that's our Wellness Warrior brand. And that has evolved into so many different things. It's not funny. Everything has evolved from you know those humble beginnings of, of simple nutritional products to now we can actually take your own saliva, look at your genetics. We can make your own nutritional formulas based off of your need. There's some really cool stuff that's happening in the health and wellness world, and we're right in the middle of it. One of the things, uh, one of the videos I watched of you, um, you were just talking about this wellness warrior idea. I love that concept. It's kind of like, it's not just in wellness, but all of your life. Yeah. Instead of just ducking and hoping nothing bad happens to you, you know, figure out life, figure yeah. out health, and, and, and be a warrior kind of for yourself and your own health. And it's true actually in many other aspects of life which are not relevant to today, but that attitude of, yeah, I'm gonna take care of myself and be and learn and be self-sufficient. So I commend you uh, for all of that. So back when, and I don't even like to call it the pandemic, mm. I have been calling it the coronavirus um, episode. It's just an episode in American history. It got, you know, we don't have to argue with that term, but the term pandemic was used to frighten people, Agreed. in my view. Agreed. So this coronavirus episode occurred. This started, you know, people became aware in January 2020, and you at that point, or prior to that, you had been advising people about the health benefits of zinc and vitamin D. Is that correct? Well, you have to remember that people have been coming to see us for over 20 years for primary care, flus and colds. And we actually knew about the coronavirus uh, in 2019, the end of 2019, because we heard about what was going on in yeah. China. 
And you know, the global community of healthcare doctors was talking about this respiratory issue that so many people were having issues with. And I have a lot of friends that do a similar type of nutrition that I do that practice in China. And we were talking and comparing notes of what's happening. And what the Chinese uh, and the herbalists were finding is high-dose vitamin C, high-dose vitamin D, a couple other things were really helping with the symptoms. So when 2020 hit and, and, and coronavirus came to America, and all of our public health officials said, look, there's nothing that can be done. You, you, you test positive for COVID, go home, take a Tylenol, which is the worst thing you could do. Uh, and if your lips turn blue and you can't breathe, go to the hospital. That was the worst advice that you could possibly give. So the advice that we said was, wait a minute, there's a 150 year old homeopathic remedy that works for coronaviruses because there's six other ones that we already knew about before SARS-CoV-2. And it's high dose vitamin D, high dose C, high dose zinc, quercetin, getting your blood pressure, your blood sugar, all these common sense things, you know, that we were telling people about and it was working and it still is working, but it ruffled some feathers. It surely did. We're going to turn to that now, <laughs> but I wanted to establish that fact really clearly, which was before what all of us saw as the coronavirus outbreak, the, the episode you were familiar with and treating people with things that yeah. you then realized would be very effective as to this latest iteration of coronavirus. I think it's important to understand from the, where you were coming mm -hmm. from. Yeah. So I'll just quick share with our listeners, um, and I, I have some notes here because I love notes, um, but I want to tell you, so first of all, you began, as soon as this episode, this outbreak occurred, you were telling people that they could find this, and so I don't have to repeat every long thing, this vitamin D zinc package. Sure. Um, all of that package would be very helpful, both to strengthen the immune system and, ha and help you prevent contracting COVID. And if you were to attract, it would help you have less of a serious case. You're less likely to go to the doctor, go to the hospital. Um, is that right? That was your first advice. Uh, well, of course. I mean, you have to remember that, that SARS-CoV-1, most people forget this, SARS-CoV-1, the virus came to the world in 2002, 2003. And so between 2002, 2003, and all the way to 2020, we had almost 20 years of studying coronavirus, SARS-CoV-1, to see what would make it more you know, infective, what would make it more volatile, and what was the antidote. <clears throat> and there had been multiple government studies that had showed the benefits of zinc, the benefits of D. I mean, and obviously having a strong immune system is a common sense solution to help yourself during flu and cold season. So when we made those recommendations, that was in my world, a very common sense recommendation to make for flus and colds. You gotta remember, and, and I'm not trying to be braggadocious, but most doctors have about four to six hours of nutritional clinical training. And their I, entire training? Their entire oh, training, okay. six. And, and, and it's six, which is very remedial six. And it's basically just understanding, okay, vitamins get absorbed and that's it, but not how to help physiology, not how to boost the immune system. I have over 2,600 hours. There's a big difference in that. So when we came out and said, look, there's so many things that can be done, it literally was almost a slap in the face to a lot of the established medical people out there that didn't know what to do. And what was wild to me, was, and I don't know if anybody remembers this name, but there's a gentleman by the name of Dr. Ralph Barrick. And Dr. Ralph Barrick is the, um, well, he was at University of Chapel Hill, North Carolina. He is known as the father of um, gain-of-function therapies. In the United States, his job was to take SARS-CoV virus and learn how to make it more infectious, make more deadly, and then the antidote 
Well, there was several NIH, which is federal government papers, signed off on by guys like Tony Fauci that said, hey, this study in 2010 shows that zinc is actually a benefit for coronaviruses, that, hey, vitamin D actually helps with these things. So it was very common sense for us because we knew the data and we'd done our research where a lot of folks hadn't, Debbie. Okay, so Anthony Fauci signed off at least, and therefore meaning just was aware of yeah. this conclusion for 20 years or so. At that least 15. Okay, for that the idea that zinc and vitamin D are very efficacious. Okay, so what happened? So a law came along. Congress passed, which I think I, I'm, you know, I'm a lawyer by background. I'd like to rail about this, but it's a waste of time. <laughs> Congress passed the COVID-19 Consumer Protection Act in 2020, which essentially was trying to muzzle doctors and others from advocating that anything could work for to help people with covid except wait for the vaccines it's kind of a mind-blowing thing so that law was passed and actually contains civil penalties but do you remember how that law was passed i do not let me tell you do you remember does everybody remember in 2020 when trump had that 3,000 page omnibus bill that he had so much pressure to sign so that people could have paycheck protection money and money to stay home during covid in this 3,000 plus bill that nobody read, remember after it went out, we found out that they were like studying like the fertility rates of trout in Iran or some right, crazy right. stuff. There <laughs> yeah. was one paragraph in that <clears throat> 3,000 omnibus bill that's called the COVID Consumer Protection Act. And what it states is if anybody uses fear or fraud to profit during COVID that the federal government can come after you. And I think that's a great law. I think the idea of it is great. Like if somebody were to say, I don't know, take this new experimental drug and it's gonna stop the spread of this virus, which even though we never even tested for and let alone they made hundreds of billions of dollars, that would be an application for that law. Not for somebody telling people to take vitamin D and zinc. And that's what they came after me for. They did. Okay, so I want to turn to that whole episode now that, that uh, you encountered. <clears throat> so law passed December 2020, mm -hmm. and you actually earlier in the year, hadn't you received a letter from the FTC saying, you need to stop talking about all these ideas like vitamin D and zinc can be nope, helpful. That's not what I got. Myself and 250 other doctors across the country that do a specific type of nutrition called orthomolecular nutrition, which is where we take liquid vitamins, vitamin C, and do vitamin C IV. It's a very common practice in healthcare now. So they sent a letter to myself and other doctors that did vitamin C therapeutics in their practice and said, make sure that you don't tell anybody that vitamin C can treat, prevent, or cure COVID, right. which we never did. And by the way, we don't sell vitamin C, we don't sell it online, all this stuff. So we heard nothing from the federal. In fact, when the federal government sent us that letter, the FTC sent us that, we called them. Uh, in 2020 and we said hey what's going on what are your concerns are there any problems do we need to change anything and they're like well there's not really a whole lot we need to talk about there's nothing that that, that we have to share with you let alone they were hiding the fact that they were already investigating us and they were getting right. ready to drop a giant lawsuit on us almost a year later okay the, at least this is actually from ftc's website is talking about they sent a letter warning about the unsubstantiated COVID-19 efficacy claims made with respect to other products, marketing vitamins, mineral products, specifically Wellness Warrior Vitamin D, as this is what FTC's website is saying this, as proven immunity boosters. So they were, they were trying to get after you and then they, this law passes. So I wanna get around to what's happened to you because honestly, I, I think it's the more people understand about this story, it, it's just simply, it's not just unjustified and bizarre, but it's a, it should be alarming to people who believe in fundamental freedom, the right of people, all of that. So you end up getting um, sued. It's not mm -hmm. a criminal prosecution. Nope. 
We are being sued. The Department of Justice brought this on behalf of the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, against you, and it was because you continued to advocate in your practice and in your videos and online interviews. And on national television and international television, telling people how to be healthy, right? Yeah, telling them how to be healthy, including the idea that that uh, let's just go with the zinc and Indeed. vitamin D yeah. would be effective in helping people deal with COVID. They came to an amount, or they, when you calculate the amount that they're coming after you for, is $500 billion. Can you explain how in the world, what, what are they, where did that come from? So they said that I violated this act 12,555,000 times. <laughs> and I said, how did you get that number? No answer. And they said there's a price tag of 20, uh, sorry, $42,000 per penalty, $508 billion. We did call Guinness Book of World Records. No one has ever been potentially sued for a higher <laughs> amount in America yeah. than I have. So I'm looking forward to getting that plaque. But it's an absolute absurd lawsuit. When, you, when we really get into the merits of it and we talk a little bit about the science behind it, listen, we all know now, I mean, just recently, you've seen that... Uh, uh, the new Congress and Jim Jordan has already come out and said, we've got a subcommittee to go and discuss about the weaponization of the, of, of the FTC, DOJ. And all. I am the poster child of that exact case. You exactly are. I just played Jim Jordan's clip yesterday in the show yeah. talking about the weaponization, uh, the use of the federal government really to, as a weapon against the American people. So they brought this suit against you pending in, um, in court in Missouri and what they're really, I'm, I don't want words in your mouth, what they're really trying to do is urge you to stop saying these things. Isn't that the main goal? Well, here's what they're trying to do. They tried to intimidate me, is what they tried to do. And, and here's exactly what it is. They wanted to make an example out of a doctor. They, so many people have been so upset during the beginning of this whole COVID fiasco because more doctors were not standing up for early treatments, standing up for their patients, standing up for things that they believed in. And there's a whole reason behind that, by the way. And I'm the poster child of why doctors don't. First of all, they slapped me with a half a trillion dollar lawsuit, which yeah. by the way, just think about that. That's like the gross domestic product of like Brazil. <laughs> it's more right? than you have in your piggy bank. It yes. is, it's yeah. way, it is now, considering I've spent $4 million defending myself yeah. against the federal government. Yeah. $4 million is what I've spent. And I finally just got in front of a judge two weeks ago for the first time. Oh, you did, okay. Yeah, so listen to this. Listen to what they've done so far to us. So on, on April the 15th of 2021, the, the Department of Justice put out a fraudulent press release about me. And they said that I used fraud to market and promote vitamins. And one of the things that they said, and the acting director of the FTC at this time said, and I'm paraphrasing her quote, but it says, I quote, the fact that the defendant, me, says that his products can stand in for the approved vaccine is disgusting, reprehensible, or whatever. Well, that was April 15th of 2021. Just so everybody's clear, there were no approved vaccines until August of 28th of 2021. So there was a lie. And number two, I never told people that if you take vitamin D or zinc, you don't need a vaccine. I told people that you want a vaccine, you get one, but you better make sure you have vitamin D and zinc. I even showed the federal government videos and studies that we have produced that shows that if you don't have enough vitamin D, you can't make antibodies, which is the whole purpose of a vaccine. Now listen to this, that, that fraudulent press release that got picked up by the Associated Press went all over the globe, not just America, but all over the globe as the first doctor to be gone after. That accusation of fraud 
allowed the board in Missouri that regulates my license to come after my license five times. I've successfully defended it all five times. By the way, what's wild about that, they weren't mad about what I said, it was the amount of people that heard me say it. Some of our videos had 30 million views. I was gonna make that point. They were, they were frustrated with how much attention you were getting by what you were advocating. And I wanna, make, I wanna repeat one Please, point you said. Ahead. You are saying that you never told people these are replacement, don't do the vaccines. You're just telling them these are really helpful things. I don't believe that vitamins will replace a vaccine. I don't believe anybody needs a vaccine if they don't want a vaccine. I've said that publicly. I'm all about freedom to choose. If you feel like you have informed consent and you know your risks versus your benefits, first of all, please educate me because I've been studying this for three years and I don't understand my risk and benefits. I don't know what's in it. We don't know the long-term side effects. We're seeing all kinds of crazy problems. You cannot give informed consent for that. Plus, I have a very big problem that as a doctor, I can give you something that could hurt you or kill you and I can't be held liable for that. I've never seen that in 20 years of practice. But this fraudulent, this fraudulent uh, paper that went out, this, this press release, allowed my banks, also five banks, five of my bank accounts were frozen and shut down. So when they're talking about the concerns about you know, a social credit score and, and, and being concerned about banks deplatform, I've had that happen to me. Five of my banks shut down my bank accounts and froze my assets so that I couldn't move money around so that I couldn't pay my legal fees to defend myself. And not only do they do it to me, but my wife, they shut down my wife's bank accounts, her personal and business accounts, because she has the same name that I do. They also shut down all of our social media platforms. And when we reached out to uh, all the social media platforms that we work with, they said the federal government contacted them to do that. Now, given the fact of all the stuff that I've told you, and there's a whole lot more, and the fact that we now have all the Twitter dumps that have happened over the past couple weeks to month, where we know that like former FT, uh, FDA uh, Dr. Scott Gatlib, who was the director of the FDA, mm -hmm. who now is on the board of Pfizer, went to Twitter and Google and said, stop letting doctors like me talk about what we talk about, even though there's document and scientists and proof. Listen to this. We showed the federal government, there's 103 peer reviewed studies that show the benefits of vitamin D and COVID-19. We showed them three dozen studies for zinc in COVID-19. The FDA only wanted two. They also said, where's the randomized controlled studies? We showed them 24. And after we showed them the last study, this one's a big one, November the 12th of 2020, there was a 600,000 person study that was done. The United States VA's numbers, the researchers who did this were from John Hopkins University, very prestigious uh, pedigrees with both those. 600,000 people were studied. Here's what the researchers concluded. If you were sufficient in vitamin D, which means your levels were 50 or above on your blood test, you had a 28% less chance of, correct, of contracting COVID-19 in the first place and a 33% less chance of dying. Here's what the researchers said at the end. If doctors and politicians would have talked about the benefits of vitamin D alone, we could have prevented 4 million, let me say that again, 4 million cases of COVID-19 in the year 2020 alone and saved the lives of 116,000 Americans in the year 2020 alone. Censorship killed people. It absolutely did. And you know, I, I'm going to jump off of that to say you, the, the research you just described, the studies that show the efficacy, you, in response to this action against you by FTC and the DOJ, you have, tr you have provided this to them. They know about these studies now. So I'm getting at, it's pure malice. It's, beyond, you... it's beyond, listen to this. Now I'm, now I'm gonna get all fired up. Okay, so, so 
Let me just tell you, because <laughs> and I mean this. When when I got the call or the letter from the government that we'd been served, I actually I was actually walking into Rama Bible College the very minute, the very minute that I got the call from my lawyers about this. And I knew that God had his hand on me the whole time during this, but that's a whole different conversation. But the bottom line is this. We showed the government all those studies, all the procedural issues that they messed up. We've, there's certain things I can't say, but let's just say that the federal government has been told by two federal judges now that they need an off-ramp for this because it's not going to be very favorable for them in court. After we showed them all this data, the federal government literally said to me, we chose Dr. Naputi as the first COVID-19 case in the SARS-CoV-2 uh, COVID Protection Act. We drew our sword against him and we're not going to put it away until there's blood on it. That's what the government told me because we had that way, all, That's a statement to you. Yeah. In front of my lawyers, in front of our arbitrators, everybody, they said that to me. There has to be blood on, on the sword. They said there's going to be blood on it. They didn't say whose blood and I got an idea who's going to be on there. It ain't going to be mine. I was going to say, yeah. <clears throat> it could be, that could be pressuring us what's going to happen to them. Um, but I do want to, I, I, I want to hit this point. I mean, this show is all about saving America. It's about, yeah. it's about politics. It's about saving the Constitution, the Declaration, the whole mm. concept of America. Um, and so I do want to have you be able to speak at some point a little more about all the studies you've seen that sure. show. But what I want to get out about the role of government in America is most Americans up until, I believe, up until the whole COVID episode, most Americans assumed that the CDC and the FDA and the NIH and the FTC, all these organizations, all these bureaucracies in Washington were on the, were on the side of truth, were trying to protect people. They, could, they might make mistakes. They might miscalculate something. But what you're uncovering here, what the story is uncovering, it's actual malice to use illegal. I mean, it's, they know that there is no justification for trying to silence you because they know what you're advocating for is, is effective, and yet they won't stop. Are you familiar with the emergency use authorization? Oh, yeah. You can talk, I mean, explain right, so it, but yes, I know. Let me explain this. Congress gave to the FDA something called the emergency use authorization, which is only done in a public health emergency time. What they said was, is that you can give this FDA to the manufacturers of these so-called vaccines and they can fast track them and they've got complete immunity, complete carte blanche of everything, but there's a 16 checkpoint criteria. And if one of those checkpoints isn't made, you, you lose that emergency use authorization. And the biggest one is this, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, there cannot be any recognized treatment, mitigation, prevention, or therapeutic for COVID-19 other than the vaccine, which is why you don't hear about ivermectin, you don't hear about hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D, zinc, and if you go, there's a website, two websites I'll tell you, one is called c19early.com, that's c19early.com, put together by Dr. Harvey Risch, MD, PhD, out of Yale. When Harvey Risch says something from a public health standpoint, the whole world jumps, unless he says something about COVID that doesn't fit the narrative. So we believe, and we have proof of this, and this is why I am not going to take a settlement that I've been offered multiple times now to get away from this case from the federal government because we're going to trial, we're going to win our case, and once we win, we're going to get discovery against the federal government, the FTC, the DOJ, the White House, the DOD, because we were able to show, this is what bothers me. We, I was getting grilled by seven DOJ attorneys, seven of them little chiropractor from central Missouri, seven. And I said, don't you know that the Department of Defense recommends vitamin D, zinc, and COVID in their COVID protocols? They said, no. 
I said, what do you mean you don't know? Would you like a copy? Yeah. So I got to put that on the record. I said, it's on page 27, paragraph three. Look, it's right there. Oh, had no idea. Did you know that there are hospitals all over the globe that are recommending vitamin D and zinc in addition to other therapeutics that are out there? No. Here's this. They are truly ignorant. They're either ignorant or they're in on it. Either way, they're liable. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love you tying that whole story um, on the subject of what is motivating the federal government to do this and the emergency youth authorization. This actually happened to other doctors. People will, yep. when, uh, Dr. Richard Bartlett being on my show, talking about inhaled budesonide before, and, and that was, he encountered all sorts of um, opposition from the state medical board, from a lot of places. You're not supposed to say that. Other doctors on my show talking about ivermectin had their license threatened many times. Have you ever seen anything like this in your entire practice of medicine, anything like this where all the forces in Washington are focused on one answer and essentially trying to threaten and silence doctors who, uh, who suggest some other treatment? Of course not. In the 20 years of me being in health and wellness, mm -hmm. nothing like this has ever come around, ever. Yeah. Now, I will tell you this. My, my father taught me this years ago. We were always big history buffs because if you don't know history, you're doomed to repeat it. Has anybody ever heard of the Spanish flu of 1918? Mm -hmm. Did you know that in the Spanish flu of 1918, they used that to roll out the very first flu vaccine? Yeah. Did you know that that's when the mask brigade started? Mm -hmm. You see, it, it's almost identical that the policies that have happened and the inconsistencies in the policies, if you go back and look at 1918 and look at 2020, there's a lot of similarities there. It's almost like it's the same playbook, but just a different virus. Almost like. And in three years, think about this, in three years, of us knowing about this COVID fiasco. When have you ever heard anybody on television say, hey, you know, the CDC says that 96% of people that, buy, that died during COVID had two to three comorbidities, high blood pressure, blood sugar, and cholesterol. When have they ever had a national campaign on how to help with that? Or Boris Johnson, the, at the time, the prime minister of the UK said that we're gonna give out a million dosages of vitamin D to all the people of, of, of England because, or the most vulnerable, because there was a giant study that was done in April of 2020 that showed that vitamin D was massively beneficial. So by the way, when that happened, I went to my governor, who we've got a lot of political connections in Missouri, I went to our governor with several of our state reps and senators and said, hey, can we get some COVID money? I can get vitamin D at cost. Let's give it to the most vulnerable, African-Americans, overweight people, nursing home folks, all these. I said, let's do it. It'll save people's lives. They said no. And I said, all right. I took 2 million bottles of vitamin D and zinc I paid for myself and gave it to people all over the United States of America and got sued for half a trillion dollars for doing it. What's the Crazy. reason they said no? What reason did they give for so, saying no? So what was interesting was the governor and our state's uh, representative said that they had several hundred million dollars in, in COVID funds that they didn't know what to do with. And so we went to them and said, hey, is there any way we can get this for you know, helping subsidize or, or et cetera? Because there was a study that was, that, was, that was funded by COVID funds in North Dakota on vitamin D, zinc, and other things. They said, why don't we do the same thing here? And they said that it wasn't, they, they couldn't appropriate those funds for that. So they took that money and redid the prisons and redid the jails and redid uh. all this other stuff. Let, they didn't do anything to save anybody's lives. It's truly amazing. On the subject of this litigation against you, I, I know that they sued you for this preposterous amount of money, and you've in turn sued them, correct? So we have claims against my First Amendment freedom of speech. They, I mean, what they did, what they did to us is 
disgusting. I don't know if you're familiar, you're an attorney, there's something called the Administrative Procedural Act, yeah. which is really, for those of you that don't know, as an American citizen, we don't have much recourse against the government when they come after us. It's almost impossible to sue them back. But in 1946, there was the APA that was passed, and that APA is a certain set of criteria that's supposed to happen before the government can come after you. They're supposed to say, hey, here's a problem. We need to talk about it. Right. We need to have mitigating. You know, how do, you know, here's our concerns, and here's why. They didn't do that. They went right, they actually went right to the press before I even got served the papers. Think about that. So we've got that, number one. I've got tort claims against them. I've got, I mean, Debbie, listen, I've all, I, I I'm the son of a pig farmer from Central Illinois. I've just worked my whole life, every day, nonstop. I've spent every penny that I've got and then some fighting these people. They've, they've done intentionally cutting my income by 75%, shutting down our practices, uh, closing down our banks. Listen to this, going to the insurance companies that my patients use to pay for their care and getting all of those contracts deleted so that those insurance companies no longer pay for the care in our practice just to cut our funds so that I will take the plea deal and walk away. It's, it's literally mafiosa type treatment that we get. It is mafioso, and it does. I mean, I do want to talk a little bit about what you think the reason is, what is driving them so hard. Um, I did, I mean, the pharmaceuticals, uh, we've had people on the show talk about regulatory capture. The pharmaceuticals kind of run the federal agencies, not yeah. the opposite. Um, and I, as a small little thing I'll throw in, I got a little ahead of myself, but I saw a story today about a donation made by Pfizer uh, to Senator McConnell. Did yeah. you see this? I did see that. A million dollar donation to Senator McConnell in Kentucky. To be precise, is to build, you know, it's to Senator McConnell. Mm -hmm. So money's playing a big part of this. I mean, you have the pharmaceuticals who want her making, this has been a bonanza beyond belief to produce the vaccines. You have the federal government pushing the vaccines. You have the federal government silencing doctors, or trying to silence doctors like you and other doctors around the country. And is money the whole reason, or is it even a, a more nefarious reason? Where do we go f with that question? Yeah, all I know is this. All I know is this. It, 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 to me, this is a good versus evil thing. Yes, it is. Did you know that over 500 new billionaires were made during the pandemic, during the COVID fiasco? 500 new billionaires. And they're all in the health COVID space. Did you know that Pfizer, by the way, for a fact, Pfizer, Moderna, all of them told us, take this shot, you won't get sick. Take this jab, you can't do transmission. But one of the reasons why we were so upset is I was one of the doctors that got that original FOIA release that showed the 5,000 pages of the Pfizer documents that showed they didn't even study for stopping transmissibility, which is the whole idea behind a vaccine. And right. so, so they lied and they profited. Pfizer made over $100 billion that we know about, Moderna $75 billion. That is a clear violation of the COVID Consumer Protection Act. Why are they not going after them and they're going after me? It's a very large agenda at work. One of the things, you were one of the people, I think, who spoke up about the PCR tests. Sure. Not, not being, I mean, they were, they were scaring people to death and they were creating false positives. How long did the government realize that they were creating false positives and keep pushing them? I'm well, what's interesting is, so I have a background in molecular genetic testing. I actually part owner of a lab that does that. So I know PCR really well. And this is when I really knew there was a problem. So check this out. Do you guys remember in the beginning of 2020 where you couldn't get a COVID test to save your life? You had to be almost dead and over the age of like 40 to get one, right? They wouldn't let you have it. Well, that's before the COVID money came out. That's before, you know, all the, the free money came out, all of our tax money anyway. 
And, and so I wanted to show our public health officials in St. Louis, Missouri, that there is not a problem, that there's a bunch of asymptomatic spread. Asymptomatic spread of a virus is a good thing. Yeah. That's what's supposed to happen. Y'all are supposed to get infected and we're supposed to get over it and we're supposed to move on. That's what's supposed to happen. So I had 160,000 PCR tests that I was gonna run. I was gonna put a drive-through clinic in one of my practices. I was gonna do it for free. Literally, I was gonna do it for free. And we were on the phone with the public health officials of St. Louis City, St. Louis County, and they asked me one question. What cycle amplification do you run your PCR testing on? And I said, 25 to 27, the normal rate. They go, well, we'll take your test, but we'll run them ourselves. And I said, well, what are you gonna run them on? And they said, on average, 40 to 45. And so let me explain what that means. The PCR test, Dr. Kerry Mullis, the PhD MD that created, even came out and said, if you blow up a PCR test magnified enough, you'll find anything on anybody that you want to find. Just because you find a, a particle of something, a remnant of something, doesn't mean you've actually found a virus. And so if you amplify it above a 40, you're going to have false positives in the 90s. And the average in America for many, many, many months was an amplification cycle of 45. Do you remember when all these labs in, in Alabama and Florida were 100% positive on their test? 100%, everybody that brought in a test was positive. That's not, that doesn't, that's not even possible. They did that for a year and a half before people caught on and said, this is not okay. And by the way, it was when the COVID money started running out that they said, don't worry about taking those tests. Yeah. Because they <laughs> yeah. were approved. Never mind about that. They yeah. were also approved under the Emergency Use Authorization Act. They're not, these are not licensed and approved tests, you guys. They're not licensed and approved. They're under the Emergency yeah. Act only. So they're just, they're, 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 they're not legit. One other quick thing about the, the COVID episode and then back to this litigation. The other piece that early on people were onto was we've never been in, in America in a place where we have the government telling us you're going to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. You need to do this. You're going to shut down your business. You stay home. The mask part, very early on, I think it was Simone Dwell, one of the doctors I had on the show was just saying, she had this funny line where she was saying, wearing a mask to prevent the spread of a virus is like building a chain link fence to keep out mosquitoes. It's utterly pointless. Cool. And the thing is, she said, this is first year med school information. And so the, again, I go back to the, I, I truly am alarmed by, and I, I have plenty of suspicions about why would the government be doing this? Fauci be doing this, pushing masks when they don't work holding out on medications and even advocacy for vitamin D mm -hmm. and zinc to wait for the vaccines. And, and when he knows that these things could help be helping people, I mean, is it just money or mm -hmm. is it a, a control thing over the American people? I, I feel very concerned about why our government acts in such a monolithic way, suppressing speech and doctors. Well, at this point, I feel like it's all of the above. I feel like it is money, it is power, it is greed. It's also, think about this, it's also, the system. You see, there are good people that get put into a bad system and the system rules what the people do. You know, I had so many medical doctor friends of mine say to me, I can't believe you're telling people that masks don't work. Why do you wear one when you're in your procedural rooms? I said, wait a minute, you know exactly why we wear one. So I don't spit into an open wound. And we're taught in, in, in OR 101 that if you sneeze or cough, you look straight ahead because if you turn your head, it's going to come out the side and go into the field and you can infect someone. The, the viruses are not stopped by a mask. Unless you're wearing uh, a, an M90 or an N100 or above, the chances of stopping a virus are not at all. And I will tell you in my practice, I saw so many fungal 
respiratory infections that we hadn't seen before in children and in elderly because they were wearing these dirty masks. Caused masks by them. wearing the mask yes. and breathing it in yes. and out their own exhaled. Here's yeah. another great example. The government even asked me about this. They said, well, you're telling people not to wear masks. I go, yes. There's 150 studies that show at the time, there's now way more than that, that masks are not only not beneficial, but in most cases more harmful. And they said, really? And I said, would you like <laughs> copies of that? And I showed them that. It's like, it was so discouraging to me that the people that we thought were there to protect us had no idea there were a bunch of useful idiots, and I mean that with as much love and respect as I can say, <laughs> but, but here I am, and they're saying, how, are, how do you consider yourself an expert on this? I'm like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe, where are the adults at, and can we have a conversation? Yeah. You know? Yeah. America's Frontline Doctors put, puts out lots of information. They yes. had a page early on when this story uh, about masking and the insistence on yeah. masking. The page had just footnote, 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 footnote from prominent studies I mean, going back for I don't know how long pointing out masks don't stop the spread of viruses. And, and they said they got tired of answering the question of why are you people so against masks? And I just, it's another uh, clue or, or another tell about something very sinister being going on. Masks being pushed and they're not helpful. Uh, kids being pushed to be vaccinated when they don't get sick. Anyway, with COVID, if they do, they, it doesn't kill them. They, oh they're, I mean, the, you know, these pushes that, are, that continue, and even as the information comes out, it's back to my point earlier, even when you've now pointed out to the government who's suing mm -hmm. you, a lot of studies show that vitamin D and zinc are really good at, at you know, both preventing infection or preventing the seriousness of the disease, and yet they're still coming after you. I mean, it, it is like they're, they, they aren't after truth. They're after something else. They're not. And, and boy, there's so much that I could say about everything that you just said there. But I'll tell you, from, from a psychological standpoint, I mean, I had to take a step back and just to, for my own sanity because, I mean, we've spent $4 million showing everybody all this data. And in fact, on my website, there's a website called fightwitheric.com. All those studies are there. Everything's there about this. And, and after showing them so many times, they're still, you know, they still are doing what they're doing. It's a political science experiment, not a real science experiment. And, and when you think about this, and I understand the psychology, because if so many people believe that the government's there to help them and that, that the insurance companies are great and doctors are going to do everything they can to help you and hospitals are the place to be, if you believe that your entire life, and that was one of your fundamental tenets of beliefs of values that you had, and all of a sudden you saw behind the curtain and you realized that wasn't true, now you have to start asking yourself, what else in my life isn't true? And a lot of people don't want to go down that road. They don't. And on the subject of doctors in America, I do think, you know, we, we tend to hold them in high regard. They're obviously well-educated. Most people become doctors because they want to help people and take care of people. Mm. And yet, oh, I think, well, I don't know. That's what, oh, at least they start okay. off that way. Yeah, but some do. All, all, all I want to say about it was, Sorry. <laughs> all I want to say about it was the idea that a uh, mindset of repression of the doctors training, education, experience, everything he or she brings to the practice is being repressed. And, and for some doctors, it's easier to say, okay, I don't want to be, be investigated. I don't want to lose my license. I don't want to lose my stature in the community. So I'm just going to go forward yeah. doing what I'm told, even though I know based on my training, education, experience, that these are, I, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a sad commentary on the stature or the strength of many doctors. You, you know, l l let me say this. First of all, the reason why I'm standing is because my parents taught me that doing right is not always easy. And I also learned when there's nothing left to do but stand, you stand. Because if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. 
And I remember when I was graduating to become a doctor, the guy who was given the commencement speech, I will never forget this. He said, he looked at all the, the teachers on the stage and he said, teachers, be really nice to your A students. They're going to be your colleagues. But be very, very nice to your B and C students that think outside the box. They're going to buy your new science building. Because it's the ones that think outside the box that don't just go with the logic and rational thinking that, well, this is the germ theory and this is what it does. And by the way, uh, remember doctors used to promote marble cigarettes. I mean, understand all this stuff, right? <laughs> Science changes and evolves, so I'm going to go out and tell you that nowadays, getting into medical school and being a doctor, they want those individuals who are going to conform to the system. To be submissive. To be submissive. And if you're a rugged individual, that's, I mean, that's what bothered them the most about me. Because at the end of the day, what they don't understand, what do you mean you're not going to take a settlement and, and walk away? Don't you want this nightmare to end? Don't you want to stop bleeding money, Dr. Dupuy? Don't you want to go back to, yeah, but I don't want to be an old man sitting on my porch living in regret yep. the rest of my life because I know that, that what I said changed people's lives. And I'm just honest and sincere with complete integrity about yep. it. And if I sit back and be quiet and, and let people die, I took an oath to first do no harm. Yeah. And I, my oath is for real. You know, and, and to, to not be able to serve our global community, is, it's just disgusting. And, and by the way, you'd said something a minute ago. I want to make sure we're real clear on your children are not at risk for COVID-19 deaths or grandchildren or grandbabies. <laughs> we, know, we knew this early on, but now I want to be really clear. The flu has a fatality rate of 0.1% of all cause, all people of all ages. Well, SARS-CoV-2, if you're 19 or younger, has a 0.0003% chance of fatality. It's not going to happen. You have a better chance of getting struck by lightning twice than you do of dying of COVID if you're under the age of 19. But yet they're using our children as weapons against us, the parents, to try to push this narrative and agenda. They are. There's a psychiatrist in uh, Los Angeles whose name is going to elude me at the moment, but he began talking, and he's been on the show too, he wrote um, the United States of Fear, and he was talking about how COVID succeeded, the COVID policy succeeded yeah. in a mass psychosis where society just agreed to be fearful. They were frightened by prognostications and images on media. And the message to you was just do what you're told yeah. and, and, and submit to fear. And I, I, among the many things that alarm me about this is that fear was kind of used as a weapon against the American people. Well, it says in the Bible 365 times, fear not. So to me, I don't understand. I don't understand the fear. By the way, it's false evidence appearing real. If you don't know, then you're really easily manipulated. Like all these doctors, I want you to, they just didn't know. And I want to make sure everybody's clear about this. The people that got us into this problem are not the people that are going to get us out of it. Clearly, the last three years have shown us that. Why are we still giving them the microphone to talk? We need to let the adults have conversations. If we would have done what we agreed upon, like, like the Great Barrington Declaration, where, where, we, where we said, okay, we're going we're gonna to keep the weak and the elderly at home. The rest of us are going to go out. We're going to live our lives, keep the economy going, get our immune systems through this thing because natural immunity is where it's at. And the, the whole idea that somebody would say that natural immunity is nowhere as near good as vaccinated immunity doesn't know how vaccination works. Your immune system is what makes the vaccine supposedly work like it's supposed to. And you have to have vitamin D and zinc for the innate and immune system and humoral immune system to work. So it was just so crazy, literally crazy, Debbie, when we were talking to these doctors that had no idea 
about what's out there and how we can save people's lives. And, and I'll tell you, for a long time, for about the first six, seven months uh, when, the pan when, when COVID came through, we were talking to doctors all over the country about therapeutics, vitamin D, zinc, ivermectin, using it in the hospitals, vitamin C, IVs, all these things that people were getting better. Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it was like somebody flipped a switch and they wouldn't talk to us anymore. And that's when the hospitals got the pressure. You know, there are hospitals that got bailed out with billions of dollars of money. There's a hospital in St. Louis, Missouri, that got $2 billion of CARES money. And they have to follow the protocol or else they don't get to keep their money. Think about that for a minute. It's yeah, horrible. America either has to emerge from this learning lessons about uh, freedom of doctors, freedom of doctors to use their training experience, et cetera, to not agree, let the government to set protocol in this yeah. kind of way. Yeah. And yet it seems like we're headed more toward that because there's much talk about, uh, Anthony Fauci wrote about this is the era, he wrote a piece, the era of pandemics, how we're going <laughs> to have more and more coming. And he said, well, true story, he said because of climate change. I, actually, know I, I, I mean, he actually wrote that. By the way, that's the, that's the next push, just so everybody's aware. That's what's going to be. I just heard this morning somebody saying that in Australia that the reason why there's such violence against transgenders in Australia is because of climate change. And it was a politician that said that. Oh, my gracious. Okay, you remind me of something. We're going to run out of time. I need my magic time machine okay. uh, warp speed thing. The doctor was Mark McDonald, but there was something I want to mention for our audience and our listeners online. There was a, new, a story out today about how during the uh, height of the episode, not pandemic, mm -hmm. there were doctors mm. with people, doctor by their name, putting out stories, pushing the lockdowns, pushing masks, pushing the vaccines, and their stories got published all over Twitter. And the doctors were all putting LGBTQ as their identity, put, using you know he, him, whatever they would say, and they weren't real doctors. They didn't exist. And Twitter let these stories be up there. They didn't even exist. And Twitter, from Twitter files you're learning, obviously had an agenda in COVID, but the level of manipulation of the American people and of our fear is outrageous. People anyway. don't realize that propaganda is legal in the United States of America and has been since 2012. You know that when World War II ended, we signed legislation to make it illegal for propaganda to happen in the United States of America. Again, if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. And then President Obama repealed the Smith-Munt Act in 2002, making it legal to give false information to Americans to push a political agenda. It is legal to do it. Go look it up. Smith-Munt Act, President Obama, 2012. I'll tell you what the problem with that is. And by the way, folks, we're going to, as always happens, I maybe didn't leave enough time for questions, but I'd love to have you ask questions. If you have a question, please stand right there. Eric has a microphone. I like, I like now to have you stand up in the middle. We can see you when you're talking. You won't be on the camera, but and speak up and ask your question. Um, but on that point about propaganda, yes. that goes back to the question of who gets to define truth. Huh. Because sure, the FTC yes. would say, yeah, well, you're pushing propaganda because you're saying vitamin D and zinc. And so, I mean, I, I have a real trouble with censorship. I, do I mean, too. I, and the idea that because it gets to where the government, as you're hearing now under President Biden, trying to define what's information and misinformation, which is the Ministry of Truth. Why don't we just go back to letting people have discernment and logic and rational thinking and make up your own mind? And trusting people, yeah. If I went to a doctor, he said X, Y, Z. Many people, if they didn't like it, they would find a second opinion, a third opinion. They would. Yes. do whatever and and yet that trust in the people say like the government wants to take all that away and say we'll just tell you what's real okay love to have some questions 
and thank you very much. I appreciate you're willing to stand up and speak right, up, right in the microphone so it goes out. Thank you so much for your insight and your advice. Why is it that doctors will not prescribe ivermectin for Medicare patients? Well, there are quite a few doctors that will prescribe ivermectin uh, for Medicare patients. What's interesting is a lot of, there's a lot more concern about government um, overreach with Medicare because Medicare is government socialism. And so, for example, if I have an insurance claim that goes bad against Blue Cross Blue Shield or Cigna Aetna, they just don't pay the claim. If I'm a doctor and Medicare has a problem, they'll raid my office, shut my practice down, put a hit piece on, on you know, FBI most wanted list that Dr. Naputi's a horrible deplorable. And so if it doesn't go with their narrative, they won't do it. Now, I will tell you that now there are many, many states that are absolutely recognizing the benefits of ivermectin. You want to know what the, the key behind ivermectin is? We found out, and this was in the Journal of uh, Gerant or, uh, Gastroenterology this year. It won the paper of the year in 2022. Dr. Uh, Sabine Hassan put this in, and she found that ivermectin feeds a specific bacteria in the gut called bifobacterium. Your gut is your immune system. 80% of your immune system is in your small intestine. Again, most people don't know that because we've been suppressed on social media. But ivermectin feeds that bacteria and that actually improves immune system function. So if you can't get ivermectin, other soil-based organisms are beneficial for you to be taking. Similar benefit. Ivermectin comes from, by the way, it's a Nobel Prize one drug. It actually comes from the soil uh, in Japan around Mount Fuji. Uh, so there's a really interesting soil-based bacteria that lives there that is, is beneficial. I'd never heard any of that. I'd love to have more questions. I mean, I have, in case we're snowed in for a year, I have enough questions, but I'd love to have anyone else with a question. There you go, right there. How and why is remdesivir still the standard of care across America when it's well known that there are so many other things that work and it's well known that it's killing people, yeah. like clockwork? like down to the day, how is that still the standard of care? There's one reason and one reason only, because it is an emergency use authorized treatment recognized for COVID-19. And as a doctor or somebody in the hospital, if I was in the hospital and I didn't recommend ivermectin, we, could not, we, we wouldn't get the 20% COVID money or we would lose the case or we would have issues. It's horrible. And if you know anything about remdesivir, the fatality rates of it are so high, they literally stopped using remdesivir during the Ebola trials because it killed people. But the only reason is the emergency use authorization, which again, if they recognize vitamin D, zinc, whatever, as a helpful, they lose the emergency use authorization immediately and all that protection goes away and the vaccines lose their, you know, their, their fast track and they gotta go back to the, to the drawing board and normally go to a six to eight year program of what it takes to roll out uh, you know, a vaccine, so. I would like, yeah, stand up if you would, please. Sure. Okay, you go to court, you win your case, and yes. I'm sure you will. Me what too. do you see the future of your practice and other similar practices going? That is a great question, and I've thought a lot about this. Um, you know what we need in this world that really is contagious? Courage. And we need courageous yes. doctors. Well, some of, us have to, some of us have to go out and help doctors help their patients. Now I've been, I love taking care of people. I love it. I absolutely love helping people, but I feel that we can make a bigger impact by educating. If I can educate a hundred doctors to help a thousand people each, then that's multiplied my reach of being able to help people. So I believe, I know my role is going to be switching more into a hands-on educator 
uh, uh, an advocate for we the people. And I know what I'm going to be spending the next three to five years. I'm going to be in the Supreme Court and in front of Congress quite a bit, testifying in front of them, telling people the truth. In fact, let's just say that there's a, a really nice senator from Iowa that's reached out to us and asked us if we'd like to come and talk about this weaponization of the federal government. So I believe the future of healthcare is real healthcare. People want to get to the root cause of the problem. I mean, you guys, things like type 2 diabetes, heart disease, even forms of cancers, these are... These are lifestyle diseases. If we could teach people to prevent them in the first place, shouldn't we be doing that? You want to talk about really saving money in our healthcare system? I mean, I, when we showed Ted Cruz years ago how much money we could save Medicare by doing preventative maintenance work and recommending vitamins, we're talking about saving hundreds of millions of dollars in just Texas alone. I mean, but the problem is, like you said, Big Pharma has more lobbyists than anybody else out there. They, they, it's all about the money. I mean, think about this. Vitamin D, uh, a monthly supply of vitamin D, if we, if we subsidize it through the government, will cost you about $5 a month. And how much does remdesivir cost? A COVID case in the hospital is a million-dollar benefit to the hospital. It's crazy. It is crazy. We had a doctor on the show who was talking about remdesivir. And, he, and I don't know if just he and his colleagues, but they were calling it run death is near. Yeah. They were just saying no matter what else happens, do not let them give your family member remdesivir. Please do stand up if you can. Yeah. I want to thank you for the fortification uh, for courage. Today I had an opportunity. Um, I went to a, a class that I signed up for, and it was held at a, a senior citizen residence hall. Mm -hmm. And uh, the room was filled with people who are my age. And uh, lo and behold, I was singled out and told to leave if I did not wear a mask. Mm. And uh, I was told that everybody who was at this uh, program um, had to show a fax card that they were vaxxed. And uh, I said, I'm not going to disclose what no. I did or didn't do, and, and I'm not going to wear a mask. I was escorted out by security officers in front of this whole assembly. Um, I want to thank you because I feel that um, it was embarrassing, it was humiliating to be escorted out by security officers, but I would not mask, mm -hmm. and, and I think that I'm going to pursue this. And I appreciate listening to you has given me added courage. Thank you. Well, no, thank you. And let me say to, to that point, again, my mother always told me that our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate, our greatest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And our job is to let our light shine so that it unconsciously and subconsciously can let others light shine as well. And you standing for your beliefs, I can promise you left an impression on everybody else in that room. You're the bravest person in there. I wish that you, that people like you would go to these nursing homes, which are so vulnerable. Did you, did you know, do you, did you all know that in, in, do you remember Obamacare when it came through? Okay, so listen, this is important, kind of a statistic of where we were to where we are. Before Obamacare came into play, about 75 to 80% of doctors that were in the market were private practicing physicians. When Obamacare came through, it tightened the insurance regulations on a level that private practicing doctors just can't make a living anymore like they used to. So all these doctors went into corporate medicine. They're owned by the hospital. Now, less than 12% of doctors across the country are private practicing doctors. Almost 100% of pediatricians owned by hospitals or groups. 
what were the doctors that really stood up and were the most vocal about this? Surgeons, right? A lot, of, a lot of orthopedic surgeons and ER doctors because those are individuals that are either private contracted or not owned by a hospital. So you're right. It's the system that's muffling all of us. So, yeah. yeah. You know, we're most unfortunately very near the end of our time. Um, I wanted to mention one quote I had meant to ask you earlier about it, but you had, your, I think it was an interview you gave, but you talked about, your quote was, I humbly risk it all, speaking of the litigation yeah. you're facing, um, I humbly risk it all because I know God is in control. And I love that sentiment. We didn't even get to go down that path in today's interview. But there is something really I have noticed this among the more the thoughtful class of physicians, the people who are not willing to just sign on um, to uh, wherever they're being told. There is a sense that it's, it's a deeper need to insist that truth exists, mm -hmm. that God's a source of truth, that you can find truth, you can pursue truth, and that it has power and that it will win eventually, even despite um, the, struggle, the stumbles and struggles along the way. So I also want to commend you for that thought. Another time if thank I have you, you back here, I'd love to talk about yeah, that, but sure, sure. I, I, we are out of time. I want to thank you so very much, Dr. Impudi, for coming and joining us today. Thank, thank you, you for being Appreciate here. You. Thank you. Thank you. And to our happy listeners on America Can We Talk, thank you so very much for tuning in. If you missed any portion of this or you want to go back and listen again, all of our shows are up at our website, americacanwetalk.org. You can always go back there, listen to past interviews, past shows, uh, blog posts, everything we have is right there. And if you're listening on radio, I want to thank you for listening on radio. Uh, it's kind of fun to get to see the show, too. So if you want to see it, again, go to americacanwetalk.org. I also want to thank our audience friends for being here, our listeners every day to America Can We Talk. Uh, next Thursday, we have a guest joining us who has been the host for years and years of the Jackie Daly Show uh, at Blaze Radio, and she talks about energy, and she's going to talk to us about ESG and a lot of issues related to energy that come down, it really comes down to, it impacts the future of freedom in America. So you don't want to miss next week with Jackie Deason, week after that, Wade Miller, uh, an extraordinary guest uh, based in Washington, but going to be here talking about a whole variety of issues. Uh, he's on the front lines in Washington and one of the really good um, think tanks there. So he'll be here talking to us in two weeks. For now, thank you so very much for tuning in to America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. I do this show to talk truth about America because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much. Can we talk truth about America? Can you hear us now?